Podcast One. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed. G'day team, it's Timbo Reid here from, of course, the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. This is not a normal episode. I've just done an interview with Daniel Flynn and I want to get it to you immediately. Uh, there'll be no opinion piece, there'll be no monster prize draw, there'll be no top three attention grabbers. It's just Daniel and I. Now, Daniel is the co-founder, along with his wife, Justine, of Thank You, which is one of Australia's leading fast-moving consumer goods brands. They make hand wash and sanitise baby care products, uh, bottled water, they do food. And Daniel is known for his big ideas. And they've just launched another big idea for the brand that could potentially change the way business gets done going into the future. I'm not going to explain any more. This conversation is broken up into two parts. The first one, Daniel and I talk about the power of big ideas and how you the motivated business owner can generate big ideas yourselves that increase awareness, profitability, and growth. And we all want a bit of that. We then launch into Daniel explaining his next big idea, which he's called No Small Plan. And boy, oh boy, it is quite incredible. So enough from me. Let's go and speak to Daniel and start off by talking about the power of big ideas and where they come from. There's two conversations I want to have here. One is you have just launched a really big idea into the marketplace that you hope will take thank you to an entirely new level. I want to cover that second because what really, really interests me about what you're doing besides your big idea is the fact that you keep coming up with big ideas. You've called a brand thank you. That was a big idea. You've had helicopters hover outside the boardrooms of Coles and Woolworths in order to make a point. You launched a book called Chapter One that people could pay what they wanted to in shops around the world. I mean, you keep coming up with these big ideas and I want my listeners to do exactly the same, buddy. So take us through the process inside Thank You that allows big ideas to happen. Oh, this is big because I tell you, we've been on an absolute journey. Uh, thank you. You know, and it hasn't been an easy one. If anyone thinks, you know, we've got it easy in-house, we've got war story after war story of, you know, and this is the whole thing, right? How do you take an idea and make it a reality? And then if it's a bold idea, that's an even harder process. That's actually my follow-up question because ideas are a dime a dozen, right? Totally. I'm not sure big ideas are. And I just would love to see more businesses, particularly small businesses, do crazy calculated stuff that really, really puts them on the map. So do you guys have a war room? Do you have someone in the business appointed to this? Do you make it (laughs) a regular Monday morning meeting? So what do you got, boys, this week? You know, how does it Mm. happen? So you said really interestingly calculated um, right risk because this is the risk we take a big, but people underestimate the calculation side. We spend um, about two years on average preparing for one of these moments, one of these moves that kind of pops up on the internet and everyone's like, whoa, this is next level. 
where it all come from, we spent at least two years. And this current one that we'll talk about later, this has been over two years in the making. And we go really deep. Now, I think one of the great challenges for small businesses is like, will we be around in two years? What will have changed in the market in two years? You know, business globally has kind of got into this quarter by quarter cycle and be reactionary and you know, think short term, but then every now and then we see a business, maybe Amazon's an example, they have a long game, they think long term, and they fundamentally do change the game. The thank you approach has been, we are building something to last, and that's a mindset. We are building something that needs to be uh, not just here today, but, you know, here tomorrow and even beyond its founders and founding team. And for the purpose we exist for, it should be at maximum scale. So that's how we're filtering our thinking and our ideas. It's not necessarily about how do we have a really, really profitable year. I mean, that's on our agenda and, and it, is a, it is something we're focused on, but we're also thinking about what's our big bet, what's, what's that longer-term play, and then we spend time refining it. Um, so the, the Coles and Woolworths campaign was a two-year build that ended with some helicopters going around the window, which almost looked like we came up with that, you know, just in a boardroom, and yeah. we did, but there were many, 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 many meetings around getting the product mix right, getting the right manufacturers that had the capability to meet Coles and Woolworths demand, getting the pricing right, getting, you know. Getting it all together. But so go, but going back to even before all that starts, again, like, is there an idea box at reception? Do people <laughs> walk past you at Thank Yous HQ when you could all go in there and say, hey, Mr. Dan- Mr. Flynn, um, I've got an idea. I mean, because, again, they are a dime a dozen and not many businesses either have the bandwidth or the will to actually go beyond running some Google AdWords or doing a radio ad or whatever it may be. But you're pulling these stunts, and I know stunts cheapens it, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, like, again, I just – I really want to get clear on on how an idea gets floated. Yeah, so, look, I mean, we have probably two places that they come from. Um, You know, it would either come from myself or Justine, co-founders, and we create – and I personally create a lot of space – for ideas. So I will spend a day or fortnight um, and I call it my blue sky day. Now, it seems like a lot of time and, and no one has a day or fortnight free, but I do because it's so mission critical. You know, we talk about working in your business versus working on it. That is my day or fortnight to think at 30,000 feet and not in the middle of the mess of business. And so, you know, some of my best ideas have come on those days. I take a notepad, a pen. For me, it's a day of clearing, like no responding to emails, no calls unless the house is on fire. And even then it'd have to be big, a big fire. And it's a protected time to to protect thinking because I don't think we in this busy, hyper-digital age respond to everyone straight away I don't think we create enough space to think. Um, And we have to. I mean, these ideas that thank you, we think deep. I certainly do my best in that. And then once the idea is is formed, it is then about, you know, there is a wisdom in a multitude of counsellors. So we will shop an idea. We will test it. We will ask people. Sometimes we get a lot of critical feedback, but we're looking for the gold in the dirt to refine it. And then when we think it's strong enough, we start to build a plan behind that idea, um, you know, and we can unpack that process. But look, I have been heavily involved in all of these critical moments. 
as has Justine, because we're really passionate about bold ideas that create, you know, change at scale and maximum impact. Um, but I will say that it is an environmental thing because in Thank You, in the early days, it was easy. We were the co-founders. We kind of had free run of the place until things got bigger, more systems, more processes, that's healthy, uh, you know, more governance, more structure, uh, more expertise coming in from the industry, you know, and these are all healthy things, except we started to lose what made us thank you. We started to lose the ability to, you know, really entertain a out of the industry ordinary idea. And we became to, we turned into the, the age old, um, you know, managed by risk. And, you know, I'm not here to criticize everyone in that process. I think people genuinely joined Thank You to do what they knew best. And, and I'm grateful for that. But it did ultimately start to choke out what we needed, which is some bold uh, kind of blue sky concepts that, yeah, they haven't been done before, but that's the point. Um, and that's what, you know, we need to do. You have these blue sky thinking days. I mean, my goodness. I mean, right now, all I want to say to anyone listening is turn this episode off and please go and have a blue sky thinking session and come up with a big idea. Email it to me. I'll share it with Daniel and we'll bloody celebrate it because there needs to be more of it. Once you have a blue sky thinking day, once every two weeks, Daniel, uh, lots of ideas come from these sessions. How do you then decide which idea? Because you don't do many. I mean, I've heard you say previously, I mean, other Otherwise, they become stunts. They become like you're not going to get the breakthrough. You're not going to get the traction, the awareness, the media attention that you want. So you you really do space them out by years. So how does a big idea get a green light? Is there a set criteria? Look, I, I think one of the, the misnomers with marketing, and I'm sure you're having this conversation a lot, but marketing isn't just the advertising activity or the awareness activity. Like marketing, I mean, thank you, we're a marketing-led organization, you could say, but it is, marketing is so integrated to the business strategy. For us, it's one and the same. If you look at the Coles and Woolworths campaign, that wasn't just a awareness building piece and the helicopters and the media did build awareness, but that was fundamentally how do we as an organization transform from one product, which was water, funding water projects, into over 14 products across three categories, So it was really a business expansion into new categories, new markets. How do we then up our distribution from, you know, a few hundred convenience stores at 7-Eleven to all of the market? So it's kind of this entire business strategy that often I'll turn up at a conference and people case study it as a marketing activity. And yeah, it was a marketing campaign, but it was a a whole business strategy. And that's where listeners need to understand that like marketing isn't just a coat of paint. Like it, it, when you actually ingrain it into the core of what you do, that's how these ideas that thank you are what they are. They are all in. And I'll sum that up by saying, and I've said it many times on the podcast, is that marketing is everything and everything is marketing. It's not this siloed thing. Let's go. And again, the conversation, it's a different conversation, but just to finish it, you know, like marketing is not running ads. Marketing is not getting some PR. It's a component part. If you look at marketing as a pie, then those things are little wedges. You know, st- P- PR stunts is a wedge, you know, but integrating it is a completely different story. So uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, I have to ask, I know that you and Justin, 
Justine. And for those uh, new to Daniel and the, and the thank you story, Justine is Daniel's wife and co-founder of the brand. You guys were in New York a few years ago. You somehow got a one-on-one with Seth Godin, past guest of this show, marketing doyen of the world. I know that had a huge impact on you guys. What it, was there a, a piece of advice that Seth gave you that led to the idea that we're going to talk about shortly, which you've called No Small Plan? Yeah, absolutely there was. I mean, we had two sessions with him. Uh, the first time I met up with him, I walked away discouraged, to be honest. I mean, I was like blown away we got to meet him, but he was he was challenging as any good thinker is. He didn't just sort of skip along going, oh, I love everything you say, Daniel. He was really challenging. And at first I was flat. But then it made me think better. It, it made me refine ideas better. The next time we caught up with him was a, Justine and I were sitting in his office. We actually ended up filming it, which was a huge honour. But we said, hey, here's the plan. Here's what we're looking to do. It's a massive pivot. Here's our thinking. Here's why we're doing it. What do you think? And he's like, it's the only way for you guys. And he basically confirmed our hypothesis. He showed us what he believed we were good at. Uh, He showed us what part that is. He showed us what we're not good at, what we're average at and what others are good at and how this next partnership model plays out. And he was an absolute verified blue tick, I suppose you could call it, on our future business model, which I did not take lightly. You know, we put a lot of work into that. It's one thing to have an idea out in a field on a mountain or, you know, talking to your co-founder or team, but it's another thing to have a, a titan of industry or someone who's got some experience to go, the logic's there. Have you been in touch with Seth since launching No Small Plan? I have. And? Well, he wishes us good luck with, with this next step and it's bold, you know, it's what, very bold. What did bold. you do to just email him and go, hey, Seth, got this idea? What do you reckon? Or is it actually in play and it's like, can we just get your imprimatur? Well, look, I, I sent it all through like I would to anyone, you know, and just say, hey, here's what we're doing. Yeah. I try and be pretty pretty careful, not make sure... I know your underlying agenda there. You want him to include it as a case study in his next book, and who wouldn't want that? Because clearly, although yours is very date sensitive, um, yeah. you know everything you do is becoming a case study. Either way, mate, it's a good case study or it's a bad well, case. Either study. way, either way, either <laughs> yeah, way it is. yeah, that's right. So, mate, let's talk about the current. Thank you for sharing that because I, I'm. I feel like there's there's something going forward with the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast where I want to encourage more businesses to take bolder steps. And I just reflect back on some of, some of the past guests that I've had that have done that. And I don't know, for me, it's just, it's a really interesting conversation, but it's also game-changing uh, potentially for a business that goes down this path. It's not always going to mean success, but it's certainly... It rattles the cage, and I think more cages need to be rattled in more businesses. So you've launched No Small Plan. Could you please explain that for probably the thousandth, thousandth, no. I can't even say that, in the last <laughs> week? No, look, I will. And just just one trigger thought that as you sum that up, that last segment, Tim, I just couldn't help but think one of the reasons sometimes we don't step out and take bold risks is because it's a risk and what if it fails? We're convinced that thank you of one thing. Every idea we do will succeed. Now, it may not be the market's definition of success. <laughs> may not be. Every, you might sit back to him and go, oh, they did not fully succeed. And we may not have succeeded with the objective, but it's a mindset around even if we fall flat on our face and it hurts, we will learn something in that and that will make us better when we get up. And that helps to kind of demystify like, you know, pass or fail. Anyway, just a thought. Got it. 
Got it. No small nice plan. Small no plan. small plan. So we have just launched a call out to the world. Uh, and we basically, the, the video's launched online uh, on all of our social channels, but we've invited two groups of people to help take thank you to the world. Uh, we've sent an invitation to Procter & Gamble and Unilever, two of the biggest product companies on the planet. And the invitation's bold, but it's the fact that we've competed with them for over a decade, but it's 2020 and we think the world needs to forge bold new paths forward. Uh, the pandemic has absolutely put the world's poor, you know, decades behind, 250 million people on the brink of famine. And so we're saying to them, would you help make and distribute thank you products to the world? The partnership uh, technical term is brand licensing, similar to Adidas who make and distribute Kanye's brand Yeezy. Uh, that's the first group. So we're inviting the big two. We've also sent that same invitation to nine of their nearest competitors because we don't need the biggest. We just need one global manufacturing partner uh, to take these, you know, thank you products to the world. Uh, but the other group we've invited is us, we the people, the consumer. And we've asked people to use their voice, uh, posting online, I'm in you, hashtag thank you to the world, bit of a double meaning, uh, and tag P&G and tag Unilever. And the reason this is so critical is we need people to use their voice to help get the, not just the attention of these bigger organisations, but to really put a stake in the ground that we as consumers are up for, you know, a new way forward. And that's absolutely what this partnership is. And I'll finish on this, but it, the campaign goes for uh, two weeks. And in fact, we're meeting with PNG and Unilever on Zoom in about a week's time. We sent them Zoom links in these two meter crates via 24 foot trucks that were delivered at their head offices. So we meet with them on Zoom. And then, and then three weeks after that, we are going to post who's in of the 11, we just need one. We're going to post who's in onto one of the largest digital billboards in the world, found in Times Square, New York City, which is like the mecca of consumerism and advertising. We want a stake in the ground uh, to take that and turn that into the end of extreme poverty. So that's what we're doing. I'd class that as a big idea. So what we've got, just to go back, backtrack, we've got, thank you, in Australia, is it in Australia and New Zealand? There's another 188 mm -hmm. or so countries in the world that thank you should be in because thank you is a socially conscious, conscious business. All profits go into um, contributing to the eradication of poverty, okay? The only way you can yeah. get into those other countries is not on your own bat. You, have, you, have, you need a Unilever, a Procter & Gamble to actually help you. These guys you compete with heavily. Well, no, no. I, I mean, we, there's another way we could go, which is spend the next 15 years country by country by country. But, you know, Tim, we made $10 million during the pandemic selling hand sanitizer and hand wash in a few months. That's for our impact partners. And we're like, it's a working model. Let's fast track this through bold partnership. That, that's profit. And, and to put that in context, you've made $7 million since Thank You started. How many, how many years ago? 12 years ago. 12 years ago. And in bloody six months, thanks to a pandemic, you make $10 million. So that's awesome. So you go, okay, we can amplify this. This is, this is how we're going to do it. But the OCD in me, Dan, has to understand how, who do you identify in Unilever and Procter and Gamble? Because I think we need to get down into the dirt here in order for people to understand how ideas come to life. It's all very well to say, oh, we're going to send an invitation to Unilever and Procter and Gamble and we're going to drive a truck past. It's going to have an Like, how does all that happen? Who? How do you find out who in Procter and Gamble and who in Unilever and the other nine competitors that you must get in front of? Um, how do you make sure it gets in front? All these kind of little details which are going to make or break the idea just how do we how do you do that uh i mean you know <laughs> the details where the biggest ideas are won and lost so i think you've hit on the right topic um you know 
we really believe in this model. In fact, this is what Seth had just so beautifully summed up when he drew a bell curve and he talked about the early adopters and the innovators. He's like, thank you, Justine, Daniel, you guys have a huge track record. You, you've built a machine that can engage that group incredibly well. And that is a, that's a huge effort. But the majority, that's where the PNGs, Unilevers and these other companies, they've built machines that go to the masses. The partnership is exponentially powerful. And so that was great knowing we're not crazy thinking about this partnership model. Um, but how do you get the right people? I mean, look, we did send the letter um, and the invitation to um, the heads uh, of both organizations, so the global heads and the global heads of brand and category. Um, and then we've reached out to a few others internally. And look, in part, Tim, we're not, uh, sounds a bit risky, but we're not overly concerned about making sure everyone in all 11 in all the right areas is across it straight away from our perspective because in part we're looking for the right partner to rise and we're looking for someone who would see this even if it landed in the wrong department or on social media or, and go we yeah this is no this is who we are and we're looking we're looking for who comes forward here because at the end of the day partnership is about a value alignment now let me tell you when we launched this thing even before our packs arrived at some of the other nine we invited we had multiple reaching out going this is incredible how can we do it and i was on calls you know early late with global teams and i'm like cool that that's actually what we were hoping for um you know more what than are these packs that are arriving what's in the pack a long letter uh, a long letter, not short, about you think it's a, a long video. Uh, the letter's probably 10, 12 pages long, but it really unpacks why we've done this public campaign. It unpacks the partnership, how it works, what's important to us, what's important to the integrity of this entire idea. Um, and then it's also got some product, you know, thought we'd throw in a sneaky hand wash and sanitizer and, and a lotion, um, you know, just for all the, the page turning and keep your hands yeah. moisturized. <laughs> but, you know, we, we're trying to, you know, we're, we're trying to give an expression of the brand that is both product but depth of thought and the trucks if anyone sees them online like the, you know they're, they're not small trucks and they're not small invitations but in part we're trying to show them how we think about ideas as well you know and, and the video is that too you know the video is yeah it's an expression of who we are and the vision we see for the oh, world it's a beautiful video i know it was shot in your garage with justine behind the camera uh, great production values i mean again go to thankyou.co to have a look at that video to see uh how they got it out so dan you get the video you got the truck you're doing emails and letters and all that to those people who count in these businesses you are then asking the rest of the world to contribute how are you asking you know everyone else to get on board and, and develop a bit of momentum or a lot of momentum yeah, look, it's a real simple ask. You know, we're asking people to post onto their social platform, whatever one they want. I'm in a you uh, and tag PNG and tag Unilever. It's as simple as that. Now, we've seen people posting their support in over 80 countries in the last week, which is just phenomenal. We've had media cover this and pick this up in 29 countries. A uh, few surprises there, I'll be honest. Like we had 150 features in India, 25 in Japan. Uh, I'm on calls all night tonight throughout Africa, um, South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya. America and, and people are picking up the story and it's super grassroots, which is thank you. Um, and we've got people doing cool stuff to, to kind of, so some people wrote, I'm in a U, others like one kid just ran, I saw his Strava app, he ran 27 kilometers and he ran the pattern, I'm in a U and he posted that. Um, 
Yes, a girl made earrings for her company. I'm in a U. Some sneaker like guru has like painted his his uh, Nike Airs. I'm in a U. And people are just just using what's in their hand. And I love that because that stuff cuts through and it helps this message get further. Procter and Gamble, Unilever. These are massive, massive companies. Brands like uh, Lipton. What are some of the brands these guys are? I mean, they're the biggest FMCG brands in the world, FMCG brands in the world. Um, they are profit-driven. My experience over the years is that we can look at these companies and go, they're big corporate capitalistic monsters. I must say, when I get inside them, there are there's pretty smart people who actually genuinely care. And I was sceptical, about, I felt very sceptical about that. And I've worked in big agencies and worked on those big brands over the years. And I've seen it the capitalist side, but I've also seen people who genuinely care and generally want to make a difference. However, I'm still going to ask you, why should they care? Uh, how And how are you going to convince them that this is like, they've just got to do it? Because really, in the scheme of things, you are a pimple on an elephant's back with all respect. Mm. Mm. Such a vivid analogy, Tim. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm working <laughs> on one for boy. you. I'm, yeah, I'm a big boy. I can take that. I can take that. Um, so, look, we've seen what you've seen too. You know, when we started out over a decade ago, they were the big bad enemy. You know, small company takes on the, 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 the kind of incumbents. To be honest, the more we've got to know their people over time, watch the critical business decisions they've made that are good, sustainable decisions, ethical decisions. We sit back going, you're not just saying you're all in on purpose, you're actually putting your money where your mouth is. And I think we found a bit of a, a challenge that thank you because we're all in for purpose. They're saying they're all in for purpose. Should we be punching and fighting head on, head on for the same shelf space or should we find a way to work together to create an even bigger impact, which is a shared goal? Now, that is our view. So why should they care? I, I genuinely believe it's because they do and there is an alignment here. Now, is that enough? I don't think so. You know, I, I think that is, a, that is the lead reason. I think there's another point here, though, which is that, you know, if we look at the sales data in Australia, you know, we compete against Dove owned by Unilever, against Colgate Palmolive's brands. You know, we, we compete against all of the, you know, Rickett Benkiser with Dettol. When you look at the actual fundamentals of the thank you proposition, we, today we have the number one hand wash on shelf in supermarkets. We have the highest loyalty in the category. We have the highest uh, contribution of dollar sales growth in the category. Uh, and we have the lowest awareness of all of them. And yet we are over indexing in every other measure. And all that says that the health of the actual product and the proposition at a consumer level, it's very compelling. It's very sticky, which means retailers like it, consumers like it, which means that thank you is either going to be a competitor and keep popping up in other markets over time. Or maybe we partner for an even uh, better impact. And so I would say that's sort of the, there are two layers. It's purpose and cause as the lead. There is a real commercial piece here that, you know, we could compete. And obviously for a, a pimple on the back of an elephant to say, where are your competitor? Uh, you know, I mean, we've heard their view, uh, you know, from some of their local teams and it's impressive. We didn't realize we were making such an impact uh, in the category. And it turns out- What have we, you heard? We've heard some good things that, you know, we may, we may or may not keep people up at night. You know, the, the results are, you know, really impressive and how do we do it off such small budgets and, how, you know, 
the consumer buy-in. And over the years, we've got more comfortable with who we are. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, it's good to it's good to be comfortable with who you are. Daniel, going back to the logistics of this, do you have a meeting with Procter & Gamble or Unilever just yet? The, the good news is they're not ghosting us. They have confirmed we will be meeting. Both of them? Correct. Separate meetings, to be clear. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like gladiatorial <laughs> fight otherwise. And then the other nine competitors, are they now yeah. on the sidelines or you've got meetings with them no, as no, well? No, 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 absolutely. We've got meetings as well. Um, you've got 11 meetings been, lined up, have you? Uh, I love how you're drilling me on specifics. Well, we don't I think it's have, really important because otherwise we stay up in the bloody 30,000 feet area, which is what you talked about. I, yeah, so, so we don't we don't have all 11 locked in for meetings okay. yet. We'll follow, we'll follow up with a couple more and I'm not sure if it'll turn into 11. Maybe it will. Um, these, but, are, these are Zoom meetings, I'm guessing. Correct, yeah. And what does the agenda look like? These are, this is your meeting. What's that look like? I mean, how do you start? Tim, Tim. Tim. <laughs> Tim, look, I'm the kid that like, you know, when you walk into your university exam or your school exam and you see this kid cramming, last minute yeah, cramming yeah, on the floor, yeah. right? I'm that kid. And people walk past and they say, if you don't know it yet, you don't know it. And I think, and that's where you lose because this is where the game. So I'm a little bit last minute. The last night I was doing about five hours work on agenda, right? Because like, what do you cover? And the campaign's evolving. So like, we know our story and we know what we need to present, but these, this is a really interesting question. And what we're discovering is that every partner, the agenda is going to be different because the makeup of who they are is different or the questions that they've already led with are different. So I think there is a core, how the model works, what the vision is, you know, and, and, and let's go. But then there are a whole bunch of nuanced deep dives, which I think, uh, you know, it's going to make for honestly an absolute marathon over the next few weeks, like just from a energy thinking and truly trying to create a play, uh, a fair playing field where everyone gets to review the facts and kind of make a call based on where their uh, organizations are. Those who love to criticize will hear what you just said and say, he's not, he's not ready He's he's a bit loose, and I've read some of the comments in the in your YouTube under the YouTube video. And there's always the naysayers, and I, I actually don't want to give them too much airtime. But I also want you to be fully prepared. And I'm far from your coach or a mentor, but I am interested looking in, going, where can this go wrong? And I'm not sure the global marketing director of Procter and Gamble will want anything but the tightest of meetings. And he'd be one of those people who's, I don't know, they've just might, who knows? Do you do individual work on each person in this meeting? Have you got someone doing background on each each of these people going, oh, that one loves Labradors and that one's a skydiver and, you know, and that one's really prickly? And are you going to have insight into the personalities of these people? Well, we'll have some insight. Um, I think not 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 as deep as some not of down the things. Labradors. Yeah. Um, dog or no dog? No. So, so we'll have some insight. And look, I, th- I think what's really interesting about thank you is in one sense, we will pivot later than most people realise, right? So we, we are willing to work on an idea up until the moment it's filmed or up until the meeting. When for some it's like, oh, it's just, you just can't be tinkering with things then. No, we will work up every second we can, we will work on it. But do not underestimate, we've thought about this for now three years. 
And so three years as a transformation to partnership, three years that like we have gone all in on how these licensing brand partnership agreements work. We've reviewed them. We've brought in some of the best of the best in the industry who understand this for decades. Like before I was born, they were doing deals on deals. So, you know, we're willing to like refine and refine and see how a campaign goes or a question comes and, and, and pivot our thinking. So that's, I think part of our secret sauce, but in terms of the fundamentals of this, you know, we are we are three years into a story and have been preparing for this moment, you know, uh, in room after room and presentation after presentation. I had a fellow on the podcast a few weeks ago who is, oh, I can't think of his name, but he's just written a book called Invisible Marketing and he's sort of a global brand licensing guru. He calls brand license, licensing invisible marketing. Given you working up to the last minute, I'll do an intro to him after this, Dan, because he may well be a great source of, of something. Who knows? What if this works? What does it look like? Well, that's the right question, Tim. So it looks like thank you products rolling out into more countries quickly. You know, the capability of some of these bigger partners is Manufacturing and distribution. Correct. Um, So, you know, our goal is to get thank you products available to more consumers. It's as simple as that. You know, in Australia, we've raised 17 million from Australia and New Zealand, two of the smallest countries on the planet. This can grow to hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in our first partnership alone. Now, this is where you know, and if people want to spend time on thankyou.co, our website, you can dive into our new business model and where we're heading. But the power of licensing for us and this particular model means that today we're talking about personal care products with Procter & Gamble, Unilever, or one of the others. But tomorrow we could be talking about thank you in the food category again, or thank you in another category with the right partner in the right region. So our, our model over the next five years is really around at a top level, how do we keep capturing consumer mo- moments and get as much money from them as possible to help end extreme poverty? So we've got a big, big five, 10 years ahead. This one, this, this whole thing today is really about domino one that tips the momentum for the future. It's a complete game changer for you, isn't it? I mean, you all of a sudden, you're a busy fellow. You're going to get a lot busier if this thing kicks off. I know your answer to the next question is, what if it does work? What do you think the question is? What if it doesn't? <laughs> I know you hate that question. No, 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 no. It's, can it's can we dwell question. on it for a minute or is it going to jinx the whole thing? Not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, we absolutely have a a positive what if it works mindset at Thank You. But part of the work we do in a lead up to a launch like this is we are thinking about the risks, right? So risk is an opportunity, you know, but also there are downsides when you when you leap for that opportunity. And so we think through, what does this look like? I mean, we've invited 11 potentials to the table, you know, and that's that's a lot bigger than just two. So am I confident that one, particularly after the week of, of responses we've had, am I confident we'll find one? I am. But it's really important that that's the right partner. And so there's a whole bunch of criteria that we have to work through from an ethic, sustainability. You know, there, there are there is a, a long way to go here before we lock that in. One thing I do know is that even if everyone said no, and that billboard, right, that billboard says something like, well, that's awkward. <laughs> no one's in. Uh, thank you. We'll Oops. get up and go. 
yeah, oops, thank you, we'll get up and go again a hundred times, if not a thousand times, and we'll take every single learning along the way to get there. Now, there are other routes to market, but genuinely we see the benefits of this. And given the response in the last week, I think the market is starting to see the real potential of a partnership like this. So we're all in on what if this works. Uh, I'm, I'm back into logistics. Um, you have meetings <clears throat> in the next couple of weeks. You've got a billboard booked in Times Square for three weeks after that. Nobody, nobody makes a decision of this size that quickly. What am I missing? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I'm with you in one sense. I remember walking out of the Coles and Woolworths meetings and, you know, all of our advice is realistically 18 months before you get a firm commitment, maybe six months. Now we had five hours and three hours from the meeting. Like talk about catch us off guard. We're the dreamers here. We're the ones that think anything's possible. That was never in our scenario. And so we had not just like, oh, we might range it, like we're ranging it. How fast can we move? And so that was a really interesting phenomenon for us. And we've seen this repeat over history where as soon as there is an opportunity that is big enough, people don't just want to like conceptually agree to it for one day. They actually want to maximize the potential of the momentum. Hence why three weeks later, there is a moment where we can maximize that potential. Now, if we need to delay a billboard a few weeks, you know what? that would be a worst case, but we're not looking to drag this out to late 2021 when then we can start talking about an agreement. The reason we're doing this, and that's what drives the boldness of this campaign, and it comes down to purpose, and it comes down to the world's in a really tough spot. Like I mentioned it in one line before, 250 million people on the brink of famine, but what's worse is that charities, who is the world's solution to helping the world's poor, they're in a tailspin. People aren't giving right now. We have a model that works. We cannot wait a year and a half for that to start to contribute. That could contribute now. And I can tell you, you know, one of the partners, and there are many, but one of them we saw, they announced on Instagram, went from two sanitizer factories uh, in uh, making sanitizer for them uh, globally. And they had that in, uh, I think it was March. And then within two months, they were, had 60 factories running. Now, the point is, that in that pre the pandemic is an impossibility. But post, I actually think we're all having to work leaner. We're all having to work faster and we're all having to keep the main thing, the main thing. So I think you're right, Tim, under normal trading, you know, this thing would be two years, but under this new world, we are, we're all going to have to move quicker. What's normal. And, and well, done, well done on your timing. We've got a pandemic, we've got a US election. You know, there's a couple of things going on in the world that may steal the front page. But uh, like you say, you know, when, when is a good time and now is the right time for something like this? One of the things um, that I really love about what you do, Daniel and Justine, and the Thank You brand is your your forward-facing naivety, and I know that you're not a naive bloke, and I know Justine is not a naive woman, and but there is something really nice, and I've had discussions with past guests on this show about naivety, and there's something really beautiful about it because it kind of allows ideas like this to float and it doesn't allow negativity to come in, you know, and it, it keeps letting you ask what if and what if and what if and wouldn't it be amazing if and it's great and I think there should be more of that. It's a key factor, I think, going back to the original discussion around, you know, your blue sky thinking. So so thank, thank you for bringing that to 
the rest of us because we don't see enough of it. Now, speaking of naivety, you do have Zoom meetings and I want to make sure that Zoom etiquette is at forefront. So when you get on the call with these guys, you know, don't be tapping the mic. Can you hear me? You got me? You got me? Um, uh, Can you see me? Is my camera on? None of that okay. All right. Love it. No wearing pyjama pants with a shirt and tie, (laughs) you know. Get it right off the bat. I know you will, but naivety could come in and it could mark no, everything no, I'll up. Take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, uh, Tim, we'll take Zoom etiquette. It's 2020 and I think we all should know by now how to unmute. <laughs> but that's right. Exactly right. Buddy, uh, thank you. Um, what, what can we do? Um, off, the to- off the top of the bat, um, just get onto social media. I'm in. Are you? Uh, copy at Procter & Gamble. Copy at Unilever. Hashtag thank you to the world. That's at its most basic. Then on your website, you can download a media kit, which allows, gives people ideas to take this to another level, um, craft a catchy jingle, address to Procter and Gamble and Unilever. If you're in school, get a video of your entire class singing it. Design your own T-shirt. Make a TikTok. Do a skydive tribute. To sp- There's so many things that people can do, and I ho- and I know that happened last time when you were trying to get into Coles and Woolworths. And I hope people have got the enthusiasm to do it again. Um, and let's see where that goes. But that's a good start. Go to thankyou.co, buddy. You guys so busy. Thank you so much for making the time to come on here. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to ring you in a few weeks' time, whatever that date may be, and you'll pick, go, oh, it's Tim on the phone, and I'll go, hey, Dan, what's the news, buddy? Yeah, yeah, well, and you'll go, yeah, yeah, no, and I look forward to that day, and isn't it funny, these future days, you know, because I do, I sit yeah. back and I think, gosh, what's it going to feel like? Um, but you know what? I don't know. We can all get lost. Now I'm just focus on today. Awesome, buddy. And don't forget, um, your beautiful wife's pregnant. So there is that whole other thing going on as well. I think it's genius. Hundred percent. Good on you, mate. Daniel Flynn. Thank you. Thanks, mate. <laughs>